Why was Roger Stone freed from all his crimes? So if you're anything like me, now you're wondering, what crimes are Roger Stone actually guilty of? I'm Brian Allen, let's talk about He's it. facing five counts of making false statements, one count of witness tampering, and one count of obstruction of official proceedings. Now this guy is gonna walk free. Fun fact, the average marijuana trafficker does 33 years. We're all very familiar with the 2016 leaking of Hillary Clinton's email to WikiLeaks. A major development in the Russia investigation. One of Donald Trump's close confidants is now under arrest. And there he is, Roger Stone, a self-proclaimed dirty trickster who proudly boasts about his part in Watergate. Stone even has a tattoo of Nixon on his back. Fort Lauderdale, Florida, the FBI team using a middle-of-the-night door knock to bring him in. If you think back to the summer of 2016, WikiLeaks uh, is the organization that made public thousands of emails that were stolen from the Democratic National Committee, uh, emails that through their leaks were an attempt to damage the Clinton campaign, emails that were stolen by Russian hackers and then leaked by WikiLeaks. So the indictment alleges that Stone had information about uh, these leaks and these emails from WikiLeaks and that the Trump campaign was reaching out to Stone to try to get a sense of the information he had and whether more of these leaks would be happening. And these emails, those leaks, they were a major turning point in the 2016 uh, campaign. Now, Roger Stone has in the past been very vague about his knowledge. At points, he sort of bragged that he did know. Then he denied that he knew anything about WikiLeaks. This indictment says that he did have information that the Trump campaign wanted to get his hands on. But who is Roger Stone's and why is he an important player in the 2016 presidential election and again in the 2020 presidential election? Let's find out who this guy really is. In 1979, I was assigned to handle New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut for the Reagan campaign of 1980. Roy Cohn told me, I'm gonna get you an appointment with Donald Trump to talk about Ronald Reagan's campaign finance committee. Roy arranged not only for me to see Donald, but also to see his father, Fred Trump. Fred Trump had a small office really nothing fancy. Uh, and on the wall, there were all these autographed photos of prominent local Democrats, the mayor, the borough president, the congressman, and so on. I looked at that and said, wow, maybe I'm barking up the wrong tree here. But I made my pitch to Fred Trump. He was very polite and gave me a lot of time. Very likable, but not a loquacious guy. And then he reached in his desk drawer and he showed me a letter from Barry Goldwater. He had given Barry $100,000 in 1964. It's like a million dollars today. He also showed me letters from Billy Graham, uh, from Robert Welch, uh, and others who would be considered to be on the American right. Uh, he said that his politics were democratic locally, but nationally he was a conservative and he really liked Reagan, he urged me to meet his son. I then did meet Donald Trump, uh, and he was very friendly. I was extraordinarily impressed with him. Um, he has charisma, he has a 
certain command presence. It's not just that he's tall and broad-shouldered and handsome, but there's a self-confidence about him that is very attractive. I called him Mr. Trump, and he said, please, call me Donald. Uh, and to this day, I have. It wasn't until 1988 I was not very pleased uh, by the prospective candidacy of George H.W. Bush. Uh, it was then that I first suggested to Donald Trump that he should think about running for president. I remember his initial response. You must be out of your mind. 